0: Uh, Let's pray. Glorious Father, we look to you this evening. Thank you, Lord. You have brought us thus far. You You are seated on the throne and that gives us confidence, assurance, hope, Oh Lord. We are not hopeless people. We are people with hope. And Lord, we thank you for the word of God. We thank you, Lord, for you have revealed yourself through the word of God. There is so much in the word of God. As we sit and study the wisdom literature, as we begin, as we study the book of Proverbs, we ask for your grace, O Lord. Speak to us, O Lord. Help us to follow the wisdom instructions. And Lord, whatever challenges come in our way, you have already given given us the resources, and we'll be able to use the wisdom in a way that will bring glory to your name grace to your name. Bless all of us together. Help us to learn from one another, to challenge one another, to encourage one another, to uphold one another. We thank you. We pray, Lord, your word word will spread, flourish, and bear fruit in our lives, in the lives of our family members, in the lives of the community members, in the lives wherever you have kept us, oh Lord. We bless your name. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Uh, we are going to study the book of Proverbs. Uh, one of the verses we all know is, uh, "The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom." And uh, I want to just make a quick introductory remarks. Uh, if you're if you're going to think that uh, wisdom will just come like that. Um, It's not going to happen like that. Uh, Wisdom is something that we should fall in love with wisdom. It is only when we fall in love with wisdom, uh, we'll be able to go through this. So if you are thinking some exciting moments will come, I don't think so, because there are no stories uh, that can excite us. Wisdom is little hard work you know, as someone searches for gold, it is something like that. Uh, we have to keep digging, thinking, pondering, and then only we'll be able to study about this. We'll be able to get the wisdom. And uh, I pray that as you come week after week, I would request you to take, uh, take notes, go through the notes and keep just refreshing your memory. And God will use this wisdom when you face a crisis situation. It is not we face a crisis situation and then we uh, search for wisdom. That's not wisdom. Wisdom is something we we equip ourselves so that in the crisis moment, God will give us the grace uh, to go through those situations. Uh, Life is full of challenges full of struggles, full of suffering, uh, but uh, God will never send us into a situation without giving us the resources, but it is left to us whether we are interested or whether we want to equip ourselves with that those resources or not. That's the book of uh, Proverbs, and probably this is one of the most uh, neglected books for whatever reasons I feel so though uh, sometimes uh, neglected from the uh, perspective of a pastor I'm speaking uh, from the church uh, perspective. But I also know that this is one book, uh, I'm sure some of you must be reading it every day because there are 31 proverbs. So according to the date, some of us have made it a habit to read at least one chapter a day, So, I know some of you have read this book more number of times than I have read it, but uh, let's just try to see that what we can learn from this book. So, when we say wisdom, uh, what comes to our mind? What is wisdom? What comes to our mind? Because the Hebrew word wisdom is very rich. It it has got uh, too many applications, or it it is very wide in scope, and that's what we are going to see in this book. So I just want to do introduction, and uh, what we are going to do is, we are not going to study this verse by verse, or chapter by chapter. That's not the way uh, we will study this book. We will will see some major topics, And we will try to study uh, under those topics. But first, uh, let's quickly see what are the introductory points. Uh, One thing we should keep in mind is we should have that interest to gain this wisdom. Nobody will force us. on On our own, we should cultivate that interest. I want to learn from this book because Proverbs sixteen sixteen says, how much better to get wisdom than gold to get insight rather than silver. We, we should have that excitement that when I get an insight, or oh, that is more exciting than gold, that is more valuable than silver. That's the kind of excitement and that's the kind of determination we all should have and when we have that kind of determination, it will definitely be a blessing. Um, so, the first thing is how does one become wise? Is there a way that <clears throat> we can become wise? Is there a formula? You know, two times two is equal to four. Is there some formula? So, I have 10 steps. So, if I just follow these 10 steps, I'll become wise. Uh, there is no shortcut. To gain wisdom. Uh, We should remember that we are living in a world flooded with information. Uh, There is so much of information, visual information. And um, it is just at the fingertip. Uh, If you just, if you examine our own lives uh, today, how much we have fed our mind with the word of God, Uh, Yes, there is a pandemic that is happening. How much of information we have tried to, at least how much we have glanced through this COVID news. So all this information is stored in our mind. And sometimes um, some other information is totally wrong, uh, totally biased. And uh, since we are living in a world like that, we need to be careful. If at all we need wisdom, uh, wisdom will not come from newspapers. We need to go back to the Bible because God has revealed himself uh, through the word, through his word. In fact, he has spoken to us through his word and he has spoken to humankind for all generations. He knew there'll be a COVID, he knew there'll be a challenge, but he has already already spoken the word that'll help us to go through our life's challenges and situations. So we need to, there is no other alternative. We need to go back to the word of God and we need to pay close attention. Not just we read, not just we skim through because we are a generation that skims through the information But we have to take time to dig the word of God because that's where we find gold. You find deep insights in this book. And we have to take time to gain those insights. And Bible has stood the test of time, right? From the time of Adam, Noah, Abraham, Jacob, you know, down through the ages, Bible has stood the test of time, and we can be sure that we can find wisdom in this book. And is it so difficult? Is it, uh, is it a specialized knowledge that only few people can get this wisdom? Uh, whether God has kept it only for special people, no, not at all. Not at all. Proverbs one twenty says, wisdom cries aloud in the street, in the markets, she raises her voice. In other words, she's available in the common place, a marketplace where we go. Uh, it's a common, everyone comes to the market and she's not quiet. She's not hiding. She raises her voice. She's crying. She's She's shouting. And if only we are sensitive and only if we are interested, we can listen to this wisdom. So wisdom is not a secret knowledge. Um, There are religions where they say this higher learning is meant for a particular group of people. This knowledge is not for you. It is meant for particular. But Christianity is not like that. It's for everybody, educated, uneducated, rich, poor, men, women, it is for everyone. So wisdom is available to everyone and it is not a specialized knowledge and wisdom does not stand aloof that we have to go and search, oh, whether you're under the table, under the bed. No, she's not standing aloof. In fact, wisdom is accessible. It is available. It is easily available. Like we go and buy milk in the shops, wisdom is available. It is accessible to everyone. And it, it helps us uh, to face our day-to-day struggles. Wisdom helps. And we, if, only if, you are little, uh, if only if you pay little attention and little attentive, we'll be able to pick up this wisdom. And wisdom wants to give us the best, not the second best. The best wisdom wants to give us the best if we are ready to listen to wisdom. And reading is the first step. We should read the word of God. But just reading alone will not help. We need to internalize the word of God. Unless the word becomes a part of our flesh, uh, we have not read it or we have not received anything from this book. We need to internalize, we need to act on this. Uh, We need to have a strong conviction that this is the word of God. This word can give me life, can give me sustenance, can give me the right, can show me the right course of way in which I need to go. We need to have that conviction. And um, there'll be many voices around us telling us, no, no, this is, this is a very old book. This is not for us. This is a 21st century. We are highly advanced. Those days, people were, didn't have anything. They didn't even have a uh, typewriter. So this is not for us. No, we need to have the conviction Wisdom is relevant and it is available to all of us. Now, we need to keep telling ourselves the book of Proverbs is only one of the many ways God has spoken to us. In other words, we call wisdom literature in you uh, know, in, um, in wisdom literature, you have the Book of Proverbs, you have Psalms, you have uh, Job's, uh, you yes. you uh, Ecclesiastes, and um, this is only one of the ways. So when we ignore this particular branch of knowledge that's available to us. Uh, we, to that extent, we are poor. So God has spoken to us through many ways. Wisdom is one such ways. Uh, we, we should listen to this because yeah, Hebrews 1 says in the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times and in various ways. So God has spoken to us through the book of Proverbs. And as we come to the book of Proverbs, it's not something like, you know, God has given a series of commandments. My goodness, it's tiring. He doesn't want to crush us. You know, we are sometimes we are meditative very, very, uh, you know, the way we have been brought up. It's it's do's and don'ts. We think like that. And it becomes very tiring. And uh, we find it extremely difficult. But it's not. The intention of this book is to help us. God's intention is to help us. Uh, That's what we see that. uh, And it is is a practical help. Uh, You know, uh, it's a practical help for weak people. There are moments in life when we will be all alone, not knowing what to do. Sometimes you cannot even tell others. You cannot share with others. We realize we are in a lonely spot. And it is in moments like this, God speaks to us. This wisdom helps us. This wisdom gives us strength that nobody else can give us. That strength. When we have to make a decision, when we, we have made a wrong decision, we have to go through the process. We need wisdom. So wisdom helps us, we need to acknowledge we are weak. Uh, Quite often, uh, you will be hearing from me, we are just created beings. Created being is a weak being. An ant cannot stand before us and say, see, I'm strong, I'm powerful. Ant is weak. Same way we cannot stand before God and say, oh, God, I can do all this. You just help me this much. That's not the attitude of a created being. We need to acknowledge we are weak and we need help from God because we stumble in our lives. The challenges are so many that we just don't know. We didn't even imagine something can happen like this. But then God wants to help us. And that's where we find in the book of wisdom. But the way wisdom is available to us, we should realize it is always God-centered. It is God-centered. It is not a special knowledge. It is down to earth. It is practical. And the more we have wisdom, it brings us under the authority of God. We'll be able to say, let your will be done in my life. It is so practical. This book is so practical, down to earth, and it'll help us to walk with God. In fact, this, is, this book speaks about things even our parents hesitate to speak to us. We, if you pay attention to this book carefully, there are many areas our parents have not spoken, or even if they knew a little bit, they didn't even speak. They were hesitant. But God did not hesitate to speak to his children. Uh, he is forthright. He speak to us topics that our own parents will hesitate. In fact, let me put it this way. Um, Many parents will not speak to their children, but God speaks to us. That's what we find in this book. So we can almost say that uh, this is like a curriculum for humanity. Now, if you want to design a syllabus, you want to have an objective, you want to design a syllabus, you know, how to help the student to study this particular thing, you, you design a curriculum. So this is a curriculum for humanity Uh, especially to teach us how to live under God and before mankind. How to live under God? As created beings, how can we live under the creator God and also with our neighbors? In this world, complicated world, difficult world, how do we live? And that's what we find in this book. So, since there is so much of wisdom in this book, uh, we need to pay uh, attention to this book. Uh, We—it will not, as I said, it is not a formula. I give you ten steps. That's what we are looking for. You go and you go to your bookshop, and you say ten steps to become wise. You will pick up that book, but wisdom is not gained like that. Wisdom—you need to work hard. And you need to apply it in your own lives, and you will realize, oh my, it's good. I thought it will not work out. It works. It works. God's wisdom always works. So, uh, Derek Kidner is an Old Testament scholar, and Derek Kidner says there are details of character small enough to escape the mesh of the law. What he's basically saying is, you know, the law that we have doesn't cover all aspects of life. And he he goes on to say, and the broadsides of the prophets. Uh, The prophetic book doesn't give us practical details, though it gives the message what's going to happen, how the enemies will come and attack, how God will deliver, but there are practical things. So those details are not there in the law, Uh, Neither in the law nor in the prophets, but these are very important for us, yet decisive in personal dealings. So Proverbs moves in this realm where, you know, the law is silent, prophets is not clear. So Proverbs moves in this realm asking what a person is like to live with or to employ, how he manages his affairs, his time and himself. Uh, you know, you don't find in, in the book, you know, in the, for example, um, how long should I sleep? This book speaks about that. You know, oh, I have to sign as a witness for somebody's loan. Should we sign as a witness for a loan or not? You don't find in the law, you don't find in the prophets, but you will find in this book, should we sign as a witness or not? It is there in this book. Um, Should we accept a bribe or not? You see this book, you'll get the answer. Uh, How should we eat when we are invited to a rich man's house? In other words, how do we behave in a social gathering? What should be our motivation? Uh, you find those instructions in this book. Uh, how much we should trust our property? Should I spend all my life only working, earning money, collecting, gathering? You find you'll you'll find answers to these uh, questions in this book. It's quite practical. It's quite practical. So, why the book of proverbs matters? Uh, see, we, are, we, are, we all are on a journey in this world and uh, we all know that since we have come to this world, we will also leave this world. There is a date of birth and one day we will leave, we know alpha, omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end, Death has, we have to face death, none of us can escape. The moment a child is born, the child cannot escape that, it is inescapable but we are on a journey. Now, as we are on a journey, we are are also becoming a different kind of a person. Now, every experience makes us better, bitter, wiser, foolish. So every time we are in the crossroads, it's not that we are stuck, we are becoming something. So towards the end of our lives, We will always end our journey as a kind of a person. If you are the same, the way we have started, we have never grown in our lives. If you are constantly growing, it doesn't matter whether you are 22 years or 20 years or 40 years or 60, 80, 100, 120, doesn't matter. We need to constantly grow. We need to constantly become better. So the purpose of this book is how we end our journey, in what condition? It's not that that person died at 80, this person died at 60. In what condition? There is a condition. We are being conditioned in this world. So how are we going to end this journey? In what kind of condition? This book helps us. Uh, As I said, we are becoming the end of a journey. It's not we are finishing the journey. We are becoming, in the sense, we are becoming a kind of person. Uh, compared to yesterday, I'm, che- I'm required to change today. Or if it's so difficult to um, find out, compared to last year, okay, 10 years ago, five years ago, what kind of a person I am? That's what this book helps us to become a better person, a wiser person. You know, that's why, you know, in the olden days, when somebody is old, see, uh, they'll say, see the gray hair on my head? Uh, You should know that I'm a wise person. But nowadays, that's not an indication. Gray hair is not an indication. Uh, The general reason why do we consult old people is they would have faced situations like this in their lives, so we presume that they would have become better people. So we go and ask for their advice because they've gone through the situation. Uh, Young people will find it difficult to ask the old people because they feel that there's a generation gap. There may be a generation gap. They may not be knowing how to operate a laptop, but sometimes they can give wisdom, they can speak wisdom into our situation because they've been through the experience. Ultimately, none of us, we go through new experience. Uh, If we have gone through, if you are going through COVID-19, they would have gone through some other pandemic in their lifetime. So how how did they face the situation? So we are all becoming uh, a kind of person And we need to ask ourselves, am I growing? Uh, Without growth, we are never Christians. A stale Christian is not a Christian. We have to grow, whether he's a pastor, evangelist, Bible scholar, anyone. As a person, we need to grow. Mother, father, single, married, unmarried, all of us have to grow. If you're not growing, there's something wrong in our Christian walk. Uh, we have to grow because God cares about it. You know, Genesis, uh, John three sixteen for God so loved the world, for God so loved you that he gave his one and only son, that uh, whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Having Jesus in your life and to say that I'm not being changed It is, we have this Jesus in our head. It is just a knowledge. But when we internalize this Jesus, in fact, Paul's prayer for the people in uh, Ephesus was basically is that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. He's praying to God for these believers. He says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, He may strengthen you with his power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. We need to have more of Jesus in our hearts. Head we have, but we should bring that Christ to our hearts. And when Christ comes into our hearts, we will change and Christian life is a life that is marked by change and change for the better. Uh, so how did God speak through uh, to people during the Old Testament days? Uh, so God, during the Old Testament days, I said, there are some things that are not covered in the law, in the prophets, but it was only in the, uh, in the wisdom books. So how did God speak to people during those days? Uh, You know, God mainly spoke to people in three different ways. Uh, You know, the priests that taught his law, that is the work of the priests. And the prophets, they declared his word. Whatever they heard, they just declared his word we are very familiar with both these things. Both these categories, we are very familiar. How many of us are familiar with this particular category? The sages or wise men gave his counsel. How many of us are very uh, familiar with this? Uh, The counselors are increasing in this world. Uh, Sometimes the pastors tend to become tend to go towards counseling more than the word of God. Uh, that's not right. I'm not, say, I'm not against counseling. I'm not against science. I'm not against medical science. I'm not against all these things. But uh, there is so much in the word of God. We, we need to use that, but they are not the anchor. Anchor is the word of God. We stand on the uh, word of God, and then we, we, we do seek counsel, it's not bad, but how about this counsel? The sages or wise men gave his counsel. Uh, it is biblical. I'm not just giving this because I'm teaching the book of Proverbs because Jeremiah 18, 18 says, they said, come, let's make plans against Jeremiah for the teaching of the law by the priest, will not be lost. They were familiar with this. Nor will counsel from the wise, nor the word from the prophets. So they had these three categories of instructions from the priest, from the prophets, and from the wise men. And that is there in the book of, uh, in the word of God. Do we have that? Sometimes we Uh, Our understanding and um, our imagination of Jesus Christ is a very soft-spoken person. Uh, He's a nice man. He's a kind man. Uh, Whenever we go to him, uh, he will give some nice instructions. Um, But uh, for these things, we go to Jesus. But if you want really something serious things. I need to find an expert. I need to follow. I need to go to your counselor. Uh, Jesus was not simple the way we imagine, because we can say that Jesus Christ is the shrewdest man. If you follow his life carefully, if you follow his words carefully, if you listen to his words carefully, Jesus Christ is the shrewdest man who ever lived. No one could outsmart him, Uh, to put it in the modern uh, language, he was street smart. Nobody could outsmart him. No one ever surprised him. No one could corner him with a question in a debate. He didn't say, okay, I'll think about it, I'll let you know tomorrow. He was the shrewdest person. He was always ahead of everyone. In terms of his friends, in terms of his enemies, the enemies were always looking for a chance. The religious teachers were looking for a chance. They posed difficult questions. Should we divorce? Should we pay taxes to Caesar? Should we pay taxes to the temple? Oh, Jesus, please come and help us divide this property between us. You know, the kind of response that he gave, that's what's known as wisdom. Jesus, you are such a powerful person. Why don't you show us a sign? He didn't fall into those traps because he was wise. He knew that. Yeah, he, he knew the word of God very well you know when we study the book of revelation you remember john keeps going back to the old testament right from the beginning till the end his knowledge of the old testament is amazing and the knowledge of jesus with regard he the bible of jesus the old testament was the bible of jesus and he knew it very well he has internalized the Old Testament so much. It, it just came. It, it, was, it was a part of his life. He had so much of wisdom. And we know that Jesus Christ is the best counselor. Prince of Peace, wonderful counselor. We can always go to him for all seasons in our lives. He's there to give us wisdom. Uh, Because the Old Testament has prophesied that Messiah would be anointed with the spirit of wisdom and understanding. Spirit of wisdom and understanding. And that's what we need. We need the spirit of wisdom and understanding. And if you read the book of Proverbs, it should lead us to Jesus Christ. He is the embodiment of wisdom. It is not it gives us a knowledge apart from Jesus. In fact, this book will lead us closer to Jesus. The more we search, we will find him in the book of Proverbs. That's, that's the reason in Luke one fifty two, it says, Jesus grew in wisdom. How did he grow in wisdom? We can only conclude he knew this book very well. Uh, So Proverbs points, uh, Proverbs point to Jesus all the time. And we will always find counsel for the perplexed. When we are perplexed, when we don't know what to do, answer is there in the wisdom uh, literature <clears throat> and he gives us strength for the defeated. We fail in our lives. We are weak, but this wisdom gives us strength. And also it wants the proud. The world will make us successful and unknowingly we'll tend to become proud. But when we go back to the wisdom literature, it'll say, be careful, be careful. Beware, it's not right. And then this book talks about mercy for the broken. That's what we find. Now we want answers. We are perplexed, we are defeated, we are weak. And we also struggle with our own inner being. We don't want to be proud, but unknowingly we tend to become proud. We are broken. And we can find help in this book. So because the Bible says Jesus is wisdom from God. Real wisdom is only in Jesus. So Proverbs points us, uh, us towards uh, Jesus. Because in 1 Corinthians 1.30, we find it is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God. Christ has become for us wisdom from God. So, this is not head knowledge. This book should lead us to Jesus. As we study this book, we should become more like Jesus. As we meditate on this book, it should make us stand in awe of our God Because we know his wisdom is far, far higher than our wisdom. So how do we say that? Wisdom is the grace of Jesus Christ beautifying our daily lives. If we want to be beautiful, wisdom enables us. Do you have wisdom in your beauty kit? Have you ever missed this item in your beauty kit? You can use all other uh, things in your beauty kit, but it is this wisdom which beautifies you, beautifies us in a way that nothing else can beautify us. Do we have this? Are you looking for this wisdom if you are looking for this wisdom it is there it's in the street side shouting aloud for you and me it is available for all of us ephesians 1 7 8 says in we in him we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of god's grace salvation should give us should draw us closer to you. That's the realization of salvation. Salvation makes us beautiful. It is not a simple statement. It is much more than that. Because he has lavished on us. God's grace has been lavished on us. And then we find with all wisdom, all wisdom. Wisdom is a component of salvation. Colossians 2-3 says, in Jesus Christ are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So we should read this book all the more because we love Jesus. We all love Jesus. To know him more and more, we should immerse ourselves in this book. Spend more time understanding this book. But remember, there are two kinds of wisdom. Uh, The Bible clearly differentiates and Bible tells us there are two kinds of wisdom. Uh, One wisdom comes from above and one wisdom comes from the earth. And if we don't know how to differentiate these two wisdom, if you are not sure or if you are not able to, uh, if you don't understand how to discern the difference between these two wisdom. We will go wrong. We will be packing ourselves on our back saying that I'm very wise. See how much I have achieved in this world. How, see, I was nowhere. See today, what all I have. I'm definitely smarter than you. In other words, Indirectly, what the message that is conveyed is, "I'm wiser than you." Sure, but there are two types of wisdom. One is from heaven, and one is from the earth. Uh, we should be very clear. Bible differentiates. Not I am saying. Bible says because when we read in James three fifteen, it says such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly unspiritual, of the devil. You know, the moment we read the word devil, of we have in our mind, that means murder, that means adultery, robbery, all bad, bad things. But that's not the way devil deceives us. Devil's deceptive ploy is not like that. He just wants to keep us away from Jesus. He just wants he just wants us to love the things of the world little more than Jesus. So he makes us rich. I'm not saying all riches are good or bad. I'm not, after all, money is neutral. Listen to me carefully. I'm not saying prosperity is bad. All I'm saying is prosperity is neutral. And can devil make us rich? Yes, of course, devil can make us rich. How does devil make us rich? We think devil cannot make us. No, devil can give us rich, riches. That is by giving us earthly wisdom, he can make us rich. Very successful in this world. You ask towards the end of his journey, how do you find your journey? Hey, I find it is empty. I feel like committing suicide. Rich people, the richest people. I can't live with my spouse. I'm so successful. Earthly wisdom. There is a difference between earthly wisdom and uh, heavenly wisdom. Now, let me give you an example from the life of Solomon. About the earthly wisdom. We know Solomon was a very wise man but when we read the bible carefully we realize solomon was also earthly if you read first kings 11:7 he says on a hill east of jerusalem the bible is so beautiful basically it is you know uh, this phrase could have been written as towards the east of the temple you know, it's very clear if I say towards the east of the temple, towards the east of the temple, close to the temple, Solomon built a high place for Chemosh, the detestable god of Moab, and for Molech, the detestable god of the Ammonites. I'm trying to explain the difference between earthly wisdom and heavenly wisdom. Now, here what we find is earthly wisdom in full display he can see the temple he himself he has built god has enabled solomon to build the temple he has seen the glory of god and he solomon has also prayed any time o oh lord when your people are in distress and when we turn then they turn towards this temple and when they cry out to you please hear their cries and deliver them that was heavenly wisdom and today the very same solomon Close to the temple, east of the temple, is building a high place for Kemosh, the detestable God of Moab, and for Malik, the detestable God of the Ammonites. Solomon was not building a temple for himself. He thinks he's a very wise man. Statemanship is in full display in this place. This is what we call as diplomacy in the modern language. But the earthly wisdom is, Solomon was full of earthly wisdom, but empty of faith. Because Solomon thought that by making alliances with the neighboring nations, his kingdom will be very safe. So I'm sure in his mind, he must have also justified, I'm not building it for myself. I'm building it for my wife. God doesn't approve that. After all, it's for the welfare of the nation. Because I am married, this girl, this lady from that nation, that's powerful. They will not attack us. So people can live in peace. I am I, I'm imagining he could have justified like that. But it was not pleasing to God. He was basically defying the law of the Lord. He has forgotten the God of Israel was a jealous God. He has already warned, even before they entered the promised land, go and destroy all the altars of Canaan. Do not worship any other God. For the Lord, whose name is jealous, is a jealous God. Wisdom that takes us away from God is not from heaven. So there are two kinds of wisdom. What we find in this book is heavenly wisdom, which will draw us closer to God. Now, we should also understand the historical tradition. Wisdom was something that was promoted, cultivated, uh, instructed in all the nations. Uh, Before, you know, if you read the history, you will find that before people were employed in the royal court, they all underwent training. In other words, they underwent training in wisdom. So, you know, even Moses underwent training in the Pharaoh's royal court. Daniel and his friends were undergoing training so every in other words every nation um, promoted this wisdom but the wisdom that we have in the bible is different from the wisdom that the world promotes you know like um, today also we have diplomacy diplomacy is basically earthly wisdom So, with with diplomacy, you keep your enemies away. You try to do things which will be beneficial to your country. That's earthly wisdom. Uh, But this wisdom will always draw us closer to God because it's heavenly wisdom. We can be smart, we can be skillful, but if it is not God centered, it is purely earthly wisdom. So we rise to greatness and leadership and influence, not our way, not by our natural strategies, but God's way through the cross, through humility. There is a other way. There is one more way through which we can come to the level of greatness, leadership. We can build things. In fact, we can, we can expand our ministry saying that i have strategies but real wisdom comes god's way through the cross through humility there is less of publicity less of attention to oneself this is a wisdom That's focused on Jesus. It's not about me. It's about Jesus. This wisdom always points to the cross. To the son of God who is wisdom. That is wisdom. We can be successful. Worldly ways. We can build ministries also. Worldly ways. We can start a religion for that matter. Using our wisdom. Wisdom. But the wisdom that we find in the Bible, it is revealed from God, pointing towards God, pointing to the son of God. That's the wisdom. You know, T is Uh, This is what he said. He said, uh, probably if I can come from the reverse side, I think it'll be, uh, uh, it'll be good. Okay. Now we have so much of information, and sometimes we think um, generally people think they have wisdom because they read so many newspapers, so many articles, so many magazines. But they have gained only information and they struggle. Where is the knowledge? We have lost in information. We look for knowledge, but information does not give us knowledge. We should be careful. Now, even if we have knowledge, we think we have gained wisdom. Then T.S. Eliot says, where is the wisdom we have lost in knowledge? Then he says, where is the life we have lost in living? At the end of our life, we should be able to say, I lived well. And that's possible only when we live for the glory of God. You know, uh, there's a beautiful article in the Atlantic Magazine of 2008. Uh, If you can lay your hand, you can read that. Atlantic Magazine of 2008. Uh, You know, Nicholas Carey says, why, whatever. Uh, just give me one minute okay i'll read it for you i think there's some problem it's it's over. it's over uh i'll read it for you i think there's some problem i should figure out figure it out what's the technical problem Okay, Uh, you know this is what Nicholas Carr says in that magazine, in that article. He says, as the media theorist Marshall McLuhan pointed out in the '60s, 1960s, media are not just passive channels of information. They supply, uh, they supply the stuff of thought but they all sh- also shape the process of thought and what the net seems to be doing is chipping away my capacity for concentration and contemplation my mind now expects to take in information the way the net distributes it in a swiftly moving stream of particles. Once I was a scuba diver in the sea of words. Now I zip along the surface. In other words, what he says is, no longer I go through the article, thinking, assimilating, whatever comes to my mind, I just accept it. Uh, over a period of time, you'll, you know, if you give people a 150 pages book, 150 pages, how can I read it? If I give you two liners, yes, yes that I can read. You, what's happening? What has happened to us? We no longer think. So wisdom will not come with those two liners. We need to think we need to contemplate we need to absorb we are losing the capacity to absorb evaluate think because of the media. We want everything on our fingertip. That's what media has done to us i'm not saying it's bad or good, there are good points in it, you can if you want a reference, you can very quickly you can find a reference. You don't have to, uh, but you should not lose the art of sitting for an hour, reading a book, thinking about it and uh, studying. That's the way wisdom will come Uh, because the way we read defines who we are. We have accepted many things as truth. Who said that? Because he said that. We, the way we read defines who we are. Uh, nowadays, nobody, I don't know, many people are not even interested in, um, in a, they they don't even talk about Britannica's encyclopedia and all, which are considered to be more most valuable uh, because we don't want to read, uh, but, uh, I'm not saying that we should read volumes and volumes of books, but are we um, are we capable of reading long articles or books? There was a time when people used to read the editorials. I don't know whether the trend is still there or not, whether we read the editorials. Editorials in the newspapers were considered as You know, people thought that was like a mind. Do we read like that? Uh, Because we are very high on information. Information is available from all sides. But are we ready to pick up the Bible and dive into the Bible where we will find wisdom? Uh, The biggest challenge is not in our surroundings. The biggest challenge is in our inner mind. If you don't strengthen our inner man, we will not be able to face the surroundings. Uh, So wisdom enables us, or wisdom strengthens our inner being. I think I finished it for today. Uh, Next week, we will uh, talk about definitions of wisdom and knowledge and other things. Um, I'm not touching on a new subject, as I said, Many of you um, have been reading the book of Proverbs for years, uh, one chapter a day. In that way, you have been reading at least 12 times in a year. So you're all familiar. What we are going to do is share our knowledge together, ask questions. I don't have the answers, uh, but at least it will make us think uh, any questions you have. or anything new you have learned? Is it boring, interesting? Speak something uh, so that we know that we are to... really. Pastor. Oh, thank Thanks you. So much. Good, Pastor, good. It is very interesting. Thank you. Um, good, Pastor. What is, what's something that you have seen new that you have heard? Everything is right there. So we know it, but we have not put in our mind to find answers to many of the problems that we face in life. So that's something uh, that makes me think and would like to go back to the Proverbs every time I'm faced with the question pertaining to life. Thank you. Practical book. Okay, there are no questions. Pastor Prem, are you there? Oh, Pastor, it's me. <laughs> okay. okay. Uh, let's look to the Lord in prayer. Glorious Father, we thank you. We praise you. We come before you. We bless your name. Thank you for giving us this opportunity to go through the book of Proverbs. We know, Lord, wisdom comes from you and you alone. We pray, Lord, you will anoint all of us with the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that we will know the Son of God more and more, O Lord. Lord, open the eyes of our hearts so that we may see Jesus in this book. So that, Lord, we may reflect you in and through our lives. We bless your name, bless each and every one, Lord. You know what's happening around us. We pray you will continue to protect us, continue to lead us, continue to guard us and guide us. We bless your name. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, unfailing love of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the ever-abiding fellowship of the Holy Spirit remain with each one of us now and forevermore. Amén.